0: Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feezy. So this is the third of a little series that I'm doing on the nature of community. And uh, we've come together here as a community here at the chapel, I think because of our shared values and the desire to see the world as a better place. For me, community is about participating in the evolution of consciousness by making our own individual and corporate loving response to the world. We affirm here the unity of nature of all things. We affirm our interdependence and the need for responsible global citizenship in a world that's fraught with divisions. And the way we do that is through our commitment to our own personal transformation. We, I think, are called. Called by the universe and by God into a more intimate relationship. Like a lover, we are invited to participate with the universe. And that invitation comes with the meeting of hearts. By our heart opening, we open to the heart of the greater universe and the two hearts call to each other. We have to be open to really hearing what the universe is saying to us. And to hear, I think, is to feel the joy of calling. To hear is also to belong. I said last week that the entomology of the word to hear is the same entomology as the word to belong. Often we don't really hear the depth of our calling because we ascribe that calling to worldly desires. We say, oh, you know, this is just me wanting this. When in fact, if we heard more deeply, we would hear a call that was coming to us in our lives right from the heart of the universe. That's the sort of hearing and belonging that brings us together, I think, here at the chapel. And today I want to talk about what it means to be part of this community, in, in fact, to be part of any community. What does it mean to be part of a community? Just to repeat again community from the word communist, meaning common, public, general, shared by many. And there's wonderful words from Scott Peck. He says that community means a group of individuals who've learned to communicate honestly with each other, whose relationship goes deeper then they're masks of composure and have developed some significant commitment to rejoice together, to mourn together, to delight in each other and think of each other as we think of ourselves. I think, I think it's just such a lovely... I'm going to come back to that again and again. And it just challenges us, doesn't it, to drop those masks that we have, the masks of composure. or I, I always used to call it our Sunday faces, you know, <laughs> the things that we have there. And to me, that suggests that to be in community is, in fact, a state of mind. And that state of mind is required whatever community that we're part of. If we're to truly share our lives, we have to share the essence of our lives. And at the deepest level, I think, that means sharing the present moment with each other what ticknaugh han describes as the present moment as being your true home we have to share our home we have to share that present moment true community is the deepest sharing of the consciousness that is the present moment that is true community we share the 360 degree awareness that includes everything that we're conscious of everything out there and everything in here It is being in truth with those who we share community with. Now that I think is the deepest level of community. However, we're not always able to do that. To do that, we we actually have to remain in a state of enlightenment. You know, my view is that enlightenment is being in the present moment fully. And we have to maintain that state of enlightenment and share that enlightenment with those around us, and that requires a great state of presence that eludes us most of the time. I think presence is so important. I love. I always love Buddha stories and Guru stories. There's a lovely Buddha story about how the Buddha was camped out with all his followers uh, near a town, and uh, this this couple were going to get married, and so the parents said to the bride, "Why don't you go to the Buddha and receive a blessing before you get married?" So the bride said, yep, sure, I'll do that. So the bride went off to the Buddha, did the equivalent of knocking on his door, but as it was a tent, he did whatever. And the Buddha says, so come in. And he came into the Buddha's presence, saw the Buddha, fell to her knees, and instantly became a disciple. So when she didn't come back, the parents thought, you know, what are we going to do now? So they sent, of course, they sent the husband. So of course the husband turned up, you know, opened the tent flap door, there was the Buddha. <laughs> husband saw the Buddha, immediately fell to his knees and became a disciple. So by this time, the the parents had lost both the children, so they decided to send an assassin round to deal with the Buddha. And so the assassin came round and came round the other door because he didn't want to come in the front door, came round, came into the presence of the Buddha, immediately fell to his knees and became a disciple. And it's that sort of presence... That sharing of the essence of who we are with each other that I think is so important. And we can do that, that sharing of the presence. We're sharing that presence now. All of us. Here in the room, there's a real sense of presence with each one of us. And that is shared, that's true community less so, more difficult when you're online sitting there with your coffee at home on the sofa, but here we can share that presence yet the moment we leave the sanctuary we go into our heads and we often leave that we lose that sense of presence almost straight away we lose that intense sharing and so I think what we have to do is You know, we have to recognize that does happen. We can't, we we don't stay in that state of presence necessarily all the time. So we have to adopt attitudes that enables us to remain in community with each other, even if it's a lesser community than the dynamism of the present moment. And the next level from being in that present moment. The next level is being in the state of mind that is community. And I think that's what we have to aspire to. And that means, I think, being respectful of others, considering them ahead of our own wants and needs, you know, to love our neighbours as ourselves. We have to be respectful. This is what we should be carrying around with us, be respectful. We need to be non-judgmental. Not canceling them because we disagree with them. I was saying to Heather, someone, I looked at someone on television yesterday and I was very judgmental about them for various reasons that I won't say. But we're so judgmental. You know, you can be judgmental about what I'm wearing or anything. We have to be not judgmental. Again, Jesus, you know, the, the idea of the, the beam in your own eye and the mote in their eye, not judgmental. So respectful, non judgmental. We need to share what we have with them. We need to share with them our time, our treasure, and our talent, knowing that we hold all things in common with each other. Maes Drekot, that 14th century mystic, had said that wonderful thing. He said, there is no such thing as my bread. There is no such thing as my bread. All bread is ours. And is given to me, to others, through me. It is given to me and to others through me and to me through to others as well and to them through to others. For not only bread but all things necessary for sustenance in this life are given on loan to us with others and because of others and for others and to others through us. There is a sharingness of everything. I think we need to be forgiving as well. Realising that others will fall short, as we all do, and have the compassion. That means the compasio, to feel, passio com with. To feel with, not blaming them for whatever pain they give us, but owning that pain and transforming us. So to be respectful, to be non-judgmental, to share, to be forgiving. Through our compassion, through our willingness to share pain, we facilitate this because what we do has an effect on those around us. We exist in a consciousness of interdependence. We all need each other as unique parts of one community. And our compassion, our compassio, our willingness to feel with each other is what connects us together. That's what connects us, the willingness to feel the pain of others. It opens the door between us and others, between us and everything else. Eckhart says that in compassion, peace and justice kiss. I think that's lovely. In compassion, peace and justice kiss. And Jesus perfectly sums it up when he invites us to love others as ourselves. We open ourselves to feeling for others as we do for ourselves, and therefore don't cut off from the pain that others sometimes bring us. We feel with that pain. And it's through our openness to provide the links between people, through our compasio, that we love the world into transformation. And it's difficult that. I mean, Henri renewal says: let us not underestimate how hard it is to be compassionate compassion is hard because it requires the inner disposition to go with others to the place where they are weak where they're vulnerable where they're lonely where they're broken but this is not our spontaneous response to suffering what we desire most is to do away with suffering by fleeing from it or finding a quick cure for it. And as a community, I think we have to embrace that. Yes, we will open ourselves to those who we think of as friends, but there are others that we think of as high-maintenance, people who we do not tend to go towards because they are hard work. To be compassionate is to go towards such people, maybe in reception to talk to someone that you wouldn't normally talk to. Actually, to say that is a bit dangerous because if someone comes up to you in the reception and begins to talk to you, your immediate thought is, you know, do they think I'm high maintenance? Is, is that why they've come over? Am I hard work? You know. um, but community is that openness to all, that going beyond the masks of our composure, and, com- and communicating honestly. Because, you know, if we can't do it here, what chance is there that we're going to make a contribution to all those around us? We have to actually be that compassion, be those values, rather than just assent to them. It's not enough to assent to it. It's not enough to assent to community. We can all, you know, it's, all, it's like, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're, you know, going to be Miss World and they say, you know, what do you want? And they always say world peace. You know, of course, you know, <laughs> we're the same. We're just like Miss World. What do you want? I want world peace. I want community. I want world peace. We can so easily ascend to it. It's much harder to be it, to be these values to each other. We have to go beyond our desire to be satisfied as individuals. And we have to aim to be satisfied as community. And that means going beyond our own needs and wants and to try to help with the wants and the needs of others. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so must you love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And to some extent, that has to be our creed here. We have to forgive each other. For the things that have happened we have to forgive each other for anything we have to live in that love with each other otherwise you know it's no good just assenting and saying well I'm going to assent to this but I'm not going to forgive you I'm just going to keep you my hurt is still here we have to be in community with each other in such a way that becomes infectious to others that there is a sense of mutual respect and appreciation for each other built on that compassion, that we hold each other in a loving embrace, knowing that each of us is struggling at home. Each of us is struggling, all of us here are struggling at home. We're struggling at work, with our health, we're struggling with our money, with our housing, with our beliefs, even with our willingness to be compassionate. That's the state of mind that's needed to be in community and to live with a state of mind. Do you know, it qualifies you to be a member of any true community if you have that state of mind. This one here at the chapel, the communities that are our book groups, the communities that are our families, The communities that are, even our grocery stores, the community, I feel the community of the grocery store when I come in. I was talking to one of the checkout people in uh, in here, and I said, where are you from? She said, I'm from Russia. And I could just feel the pain that she had in that, just saying that. I said, well, this must be horrid for you at the moment. She said, it's awful. I don't know what to do. And, you know, just being with her in that moment, and, you know, whenever I go in now, I just say hi to her. You know, that, we are in community, wherever we are. Community of our families, our neighbours, our neighbourhoods, our towns, and, and our, yeah, yes, our nation. The reason communities break down is because this is hard. It's hard to take the pain that others give us and not to blame them. It's hard to give time to people drain us. It's hard to share what we've built up for ourselves with others. It's hard to be honest. It's hard even to be in the same room as some people. I mean, let's face it, it is hard. But because it's hard, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try it. This is the outworking of the commitment to our spiritual practice. This is the outworking, that famous thing that you never, you can't tell how well you're doing with your spiritual practice until you hit hard times. It's great when you're, you know, you're driving along, you're doing your meditation, you've got your food in the evening, you you know, you have your drink, you know, and your life's great, but it's when life is hard that you know whether your spiritual practice is working. That's the moment. This is the outworking of our commitment to spiritual practice. In fact, as we said last week, it's these little trials at every moment that are our living spiritual practice. This is a living spiritual practice, to practice that in the grocery store. Daily they give us these circumstances, the chance to reset and to surrender to what's coming our way. Not to try and change those circumstances, but to change ourselves instead, to give a loving response to what comes our way. We are a community here at the Aspen Chapel that attempts to practice this state of mind. We form ourselves around it and we take it out to other communities that we're a part of. We are all struggling and to live in this community is to choose to struggle together to identify with a group that we know can trust to help us as we struggle, that share our values and feel that these values could be relevant to society as a whole. And I think what we have here is precious. And we have that to a large extent in our valley as well, which again, to some extent, is a self-selecting community, the valley here. You really have to want to live here to, to make it happen. In the valley, we are a community based on that mind, body, and spirit ideal. And our part here at the chapel, and it even says in our mission statement, is to represent the spiritual side of that. To show how to be compassionate, how to look after others, how to embody the best of the golden rule, to do unto others as you would have them do to you. And that takes work. It takes the effort of feeling with others and being alongside them. It takes the time to join in with the events and in the initiatives here that try to make that happen. It takes money and it takes the willingness to serve. And we don't always get it right here. In fact, over the last couple of years, we've got some of it wrong. But as I said in the first week, it's not how many times you get knocked down that matters, but how many times that you get up. And here we are, present together, looking at the state of mind that embodies community, community for ourselves and each other, and community for those who we come into contact with. Each of us is a tiny seed of community. Each of us is a tiny seed of community. We can plant ourselves anywhere and grow community wherever we want, each of us. As a little round, all of us are members of different little groups, horn players for Carbondale, and whatever it is that you're a member of, you know, you can be a seed in that community, in our families, in our book groups, in our neighborhoods. All it takes is cultivating that state of mind of openness to whatever comes our way, and the wisdom from within that tells us how to deal with that. The wisdom from within. That's the key thing in this, the wisdom from within that tells us how to deal with that. Our cultivation of that is spirituality. Our cultivation of that wisdom is spirituality and an ongoing process. And remember, if you don't see results from it, if you don't see results from it, remember that this is done in love. And that means it's done with no expectation of return. And it can be hard, but you might not see any results. We can't know the effect that we're having. We can only know that we're connected to something that's infinitely greater than ourselves, and that is working through us. I love that idea that we do not know We cannot tell how ourselves, the stone thrown into the pond that is our life, how that will ripple out and touch the world around us. We cannot know the effect that we have in the world. We do not know how the stone that is us entering into our lives will ripple out and the effect it will have on those around us. All we can do is to be mindful of what is going on, to be still And know that I am, which is God. To be still and know that I am, that identity within ourselves that is the divine nature. That is what mindfulness is about, is about being still and knowing that. The stillness of our minds and the being in our hearts that opens the door to the wisdom of God. Be still and know that I am God. When James Finlay uh, came, he used to start his talks uh, at the beginning of each day by using that phrase as a meditation, be still and know that I am God. And I thought we might end this little thing just by trying that out. Are you, are you up for doing that? I, I'm going to assume that you are, so I'm going to just set myself up. You just have to talk among yourselves just for a quick moment while I, uh, while I put myself out, out here and uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to connect hopefully in our with our inner life that 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 which is inside us and i'm just going to invite you just uh in a moment, just to close your eyes. And I'm going to just start by saying, be still and know that I am God. And then the next thing goes, be still and know that I am. And then it goes, be still and know that I. Then be still and know. Then be still. And then be. And then we're going to take five minutes of silence. And I just want you to be with that present moment in your hearts, just be in that silence. And it might feel a bit long, five minutes, but it, it just gives you an opportunity to do that. Are we, are we up for doing this? Is, this? is this no kidding? Okay, good. So, so when, if, you, if you like, just close your eyes. And I will use a, a gong to start and then uh, a gong uh, to finish, which is, again, how, how James Finley did that. So we're just going to do that, just get myself sorted out. There we are. Okay. So with our eyes closed. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am be still and know that I be still and know be still be just taking whatever comes your way but being with your breath or your heart Just being present. Spring present to your body, the sounds, any thoughts that come your way. and putting your attention back in your heart. Be still and know that I am God. That is the place from which community comes. That is the place from which wisdom comes. And, you know, you can look at the true effect of presence. You know, being here in the room, is not very easy to think, well, just having five minutes so I'll just go and get a cup of coffee. (laughs) While they do that, you know, we're here together. And that sense of presence is, is what's so important. thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you, and if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.